But I hate when I feel like this And I never hated you Neurotica is a weekly podcast going to the deepest, darkest parts of the mind and bringing them to light. Topics range on mental illness, behavior, and perception and more. Please be warned, many episodes contain trigger warnings. If you ever have thoughts of suicide, please call the suicide hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Welcome to Neurotica. My name is Cody Ryan. I'm here with my co-host, Booby Styles, aka Bobby. How are you doing tonight, Bobby? I'm doing pretty well, Cody. I know that you are not, so... Yeah, but I mean, that's like usually like half the time. Tonight's just... That's almost all of half the time seems like you're undershooting it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, obviously tonight is in particular a bad one, which people will, you know, get the better idea of as the episode goes along. I think tonight's episode is going to be a little bit more of a winding journey and a little bit more of a, um, you know, an attempt by me to to put together a narrative of understanding to try to work through something that's been bothering me. I know the podcast has, you know, focused on me in the past, but this is more of something that I haven't even really, like, figured out yet. And I think this will want to be a little bit more interesting just because it's very raw for me and... I'm going to admit I'm probably going to get emotional at times. So, Well, one of the most popular podcasts is Binge Mode, and uh, the girl Mallory Rubin always cries during that when she's talking about Game of Thrones. So maybe crying is just the key to a successful podcast. Let's find out. Well, I sure hope so, because we will have plenty of chances to become the most successful podcast of all time. That's true. But in the meantime, if um, uh, if you're looking for less of a if you're looking for less of a downer episode, um, you can just go back to the last one that we recorded where Cody <laughs> talked about committing suicide for the half the time. But that was funny. No. <laughs> um, yeah. So today's episode will not have any kind of uh, trigger warnings, though. I want to make that clear. It's not deep or dark or anything like that. It's just actually more just a common thing. It's just a common thing that I really struggle with, and. You'll get kind of the idea that I'm getting at in general, but I'm going to start uh, back probably in high school was around the time when I actually had my first Twitter. So no secret, Neurotica has grown because of Twitter. I mean, the people met because of Twitter that are on the episodes, including Bobby and myself. Yeah, there I mean, would have been no one at the live episode if it wasn't for Twitter. Yeah, Twitter, Twitter is obviously uh, very apparent in our lives, but I had a Twitter before the one that I have today. What was the um, handle? It was at Code Ran. Oh, um, no one scooped that one up? And Well, actually, it might have been for a bit Kodiak Bear. Um, Go on, explain. Well, that was just my nickname from the, the girl I had at the time, my girlfriend at the time. Oh. So that'll become a oh. little bit more apparent that's also. Just, that's just an actual kind of bear. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's an actual bear. Did yeah. you like, just think that was like... I thought it was like a Zodiac pun somehow. That is literally like that video that came out this week where the guy was like trying to spell yes and then eyes and it was just like spell Y-E-S. What does that spell? Yes. Now do E-Y-E-S. What does that spell? Eyes. Yeah, but the guy kept going E-S. 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 Okay. So it kind of reminded me of that. But no, Kodiak bears are bears that exist. It's not a Zodiac pun. All right. Well, if your name was Cole and it was Kohler bear, I might have picked it up right away but kodiak is like probably not even a top five type of don't disrespect the american kodiak people don't talk about kodiak bears well kodiak awareness is low then i I agree i would like maybe you should change your handle again on every platform no i like code ran i mean i I think i code ran for a bit but i think i might have had like code ran too because someone in japan had code ran or something like that fucking bitch and there wasn't that much I left really behind on that Twitter. The only thing that I'm actually upset that I I can no longer you know access as a tweet of my own is um, I tweeted when there was the announcement of Anchorman Two. This is a true story that I can't prove now. So great, those are the best kind of stories. When the announcement of Anchorman, I think Anchorman Two is a true story. Yeah, why well, would you? Tweet yeah, that's that based on it? a true story. Um, so Anchorman Two, Anchorman was like my favorite movie. Because I was an adolescent idiot. My wife. It's not that one, but close enough. 
Um, but when Anchorman 2 came out, you know, I was getting jazzed up. And I was thinking, you know, what are they going to do for Anchorman 2 to, like, reassemble everybody? And I, I wrote out the tweet, I think it would be really funny if, like, at the start, they reveal that Brick died in between movies. And at his own funeral, he shows up and tries to give a eulogy. <laughs> and that joke exists in the movie, and I was so mad because I couldn't prove to people that I either predicted a joke and could say I'm you know, on the same level as, you know, McKay and Farley when they're writing, or say, these guys jacked me, I have a right to sue now, because that Twitter no longer exists. And you probably would have guessed that, because I already kind of alluded to it. Um, but the reason it no longer exists is actually not because I got sick of Twitter, or I, you know, saw I wasn't going anywhere. Didn't get very jealous back then. Cody was me. the first person to call Twitter the hell site. Yeah. But we can't me. we can't prove it because yeah. you deleted the account that it was on. I actually, every popular tweet you've ever liked from uh, No You Twitten, they stole it from my original Twitter, and then I deleted it. You also did the colossal pillar of lost bags. Yep, that was me. <laughs> all right, that's... <laughs> yep, it's all me, man. Um, but anyway, I, I had this Twitter... You know, in high school, I was trying to use it to, you know, become um, a bit of you know, a stand-up comedian. I was trying to use it for comedy, but it was also lame shit because I was in, like, high school. I was probably, like, having a bad night, all this homework, you know, like, uninteresting shit that I, for the most part, happy to lose. But the reason I deleted it is because I broke up with this girl. And if you remember back in the days that I'm referring to, which is probably over a decade now, um, or about a decade. Facebook was pretty good that if you broke up with somebody, you could kind of hide them in a way, um, you know, unfollow their posts or whatever. But Twitter, there was no mute or block yet. It was, you were, you were in or you were out. You follow or you unfollow. So are you telling me that Twitter was bad about regulating interpersonal communications that you didn't want to say? Well, I wouldn't want to say that out loud because, you know, I want to keep my Twitter, um, active. Because anybody who opposes the Twitter will be banned from the Twitter. That's generally true. But basically, you know, there wasn't these advanced features where I could avoid an ex of a sort. So I, I really liked this girl. And I, you know, I, back then I emotionally had trouble letting go of romantic things really bad. And like, it, it just, every time I would see just, you know her anywhere would freak me out so i would kept seeing it every time i scrolled through twitter it would just ruin the experience for me so naturally what would you do to you know fix your twitter experience in that situation where you know you can't mute you can't block uh move to the woods and become a unabomber exactly and that's what i did um i did not unfollow her that that would be like the easiest way to continue to be on twitter that would be solution one day yeah that would be like you know what some rational people would choose, what I chose to do was delete my Twitter. Seems drastic to me, Cody. It, it certainly was. And this was probably my freshman year of college. And I was trying to push this, like, Tumblr blog that I was using for, like, my comedy. So <laughs> I ended up there. remaking Twitter just to push my Tumblr blog later in college. But, yeah, I, I basically gave up on Twitter originally over a girl. And when I came back, I wasn't that popular, which is not surprising. The fact that I have any followers now is very surprising. But I wasn't very popular before, but was doing even worse when I came back because Twitter was really hot when I like first joined it. So you can get everybody in your high school to follow you. I didn't have it in high school, but because I'm two years older than you. But like, okay, well, I got to remind everybody but, that. But I mean, I still have like a bunch of followers who just don't use it anymore. That just yeah. like. <laughs> had my numbers so yeah lost... from people that you just knew back yeah. then or like people that i would meet at a party and then somehow twitter would come up and we'd follow each other yeah like just twitter was like a hotter thing back then because i remember it was like basically the time where like it was spreading through my high school and i was resisting for it, it resisting it for a bit but everybody was on facebook and i basically said like hey i'm on twitter and even though i wasn't that popular of a kid i had 60 followers like instantly and then it went over 100 i came back to twitter and i wasn't you know like funny yet which i'm still not still working on that um but you know i wasn't getting you know like a lot of likes and retweets that would like go viral or anything so 
I had to rely on, you know, my own social network and realized most of the people I hung out with before just stopped using Twitter altogether. Yeah, I don't know how I would, like, start a Twitter account now without all the connections that I have from on there. Like, I'd probably just be, like, a 30 follower rando that, like, annoys people. Yeah, and there are, like, friends that we have who've been banned off Twitter and have, like, restarted their stuff and, like, successfully and awesomely and, like, they work with it. I don't think either one of us is secure enough to lose our followers and go back. Yeah, not not nearly, you know, the same the same following number. Well, I'm just, I would be too embarrassed. I only have 600, and I think if I went back to Twitter, I think, like, 14 people would miss me. I think more people oh. miss you, but I'm just saying, like, I... I couldn't bear the idea of trying to make that climb back up to mediocrity. That climb that you had to make when you remade your Twitter in college after deleting it over a girl. Yeah, but back then, we didn't know what Twitter was going to be. I didn't know it was going to open so many horrible doors. I was trying to segue. I know. (laughs) But. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I always like derailing a joke. Anyway, yes, but I did delete my Twitter over a girl. And it was stupid. And I remade it and followed that girl. She followed me back. We're friends now to some degree. I mean, or at least cool, whatever. Fine. And here she is. The third guest on today's episode. No. Um, Today's episode is not about Twitter. It's not about that girl. It's not about that moment of deleting my Twitter. This episode is about blocking someone. I had to block someone for the first time about two years ago and we're not talking about like blocking some abusive maga asshole on twitter we're talking about blocking someone who's actually like a part of your life offline yeah so when i talk about blocking i'm talking about blocking to you know between someone in your family to you know romantic relationship the first one that i'm going to refer to was a romantic relationship it actually might have been even longer than two years ago but ironically, you know, I've talked about that relationship, how it kind of led to me, um, you know, meeting a lot of the people that I met on Twitter and how I opened up and wanted to go places and meet people again because I was so such a miserable dick um, in the, you know, wake of that breakup. But there was something that I couldn't do. And this person broke up with me, I want to say, around April of some year. Yeah, because I can't remember years anymore, so I've just given up on the calendar. You know me. Of course. Some, I give up on things very easily. Sometime sometime during some uh, longer amount of time. Yeah, like, it wasn't now, but it happened. It was before. It was before, but, like, before, like, the before that was, like, a second ago, but, like, longer before that. Are we getting into the measuring things as fascist conversation? Yes, we are getting into the <laughs> measuring things as fascist. I don't get it. I don't... <laughs> Apparently, the idea is that measuring things takes subjectivity out of it, and everything is on some level subjective. And she's just like an insane person that took it too far. I the only thing I could think of is that when you think of measurement, you instantly think benchmark. So benchmark means you know you have to target something, and when targets are set people will inevitably miss the target or make the target, and then there's division there. If you were really going to make any kind of argument, that I, th- I thought that would be the logical one. What you just said to me means, like, absolute horseshit. Uh, well, I think I, <laughs> I, uh, this writer for The Outline, who's an academic philosopher, um, tweeted something about the Hegel wife from Reddit. Which I, I still don't even really like yeah, that i don't either i don't either but i i just asked him you know what what is the deal with this like she the 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 person that tweeted about measuring things being bad and fascist and abolished under socialism is like labeled themselves as a hegelian and says they love theory and i was like what the fuck are they talking about <laughs> yeah and he was basically like think of sports and the way that breaking things down into statistics like saps basically the entire like enjoyment out of sports yeah sure so she was like that is like an academic or a philosophical thing but she just took it to an extreme that's like ignores 
you know, just all just real common world. sense and logic yeah. to all degrees. Like the, the world that we live in. Yeah, and like I love some of the examples I was hearing. It's just like, all right, how much morphine we give this guy? You fucking got it. Go yeah. for it. Like you figure it out, man. You know, like like what's what's the punishment if someone measures something? <laughs> they go to jail for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Go to jail for an indeterminable amount of time. We'll figure it out when we get there. Okay, you're already looking. Anyway, that is not, also not what this episode is about, but I'm glad we got to talk about that because that was a baffling story of the week. Um, but essentially, I was in this relationship, broke up with this person in April. Um, maybe Marchish, actually, because April for me was this big month coming up because it was the year that uh, um, Philadelphia was hosting the NFL draft. And that was really exciting for me. So any of you uh, math majors out there can now figure out whatever year I'm talking about uh, with some probably three to five hours of research. Um, but yeah, so Philadelphia is hosting the the draft. And this girl um, that I like, you know, really, really, really liked kind of broke my heart a little bit. She'd been, like, texting me a little bit, and it was kind of bothering me because it'd always be, like, a text, like, that just didn't mean anything. It'd be like, oh, I'm at this bar, and they're playing Arcade Fire, your favorite band. And I'd be like, I, at first I was like, Are, you're telling me Arcade Fire's not playing there? You, you, They're just, like, on the radio? Like, they're not doing a concert? You, you texted me at 1 in the morning when you know I have work tomorrow because... They're playing, like, fucking Wake Up in the bar. Like, it it was, like, just meaningless bullshit for the right. most part. Was, was this a situation where you felt as though you were, like, the reacher and she was the settler? And so she was, like, using you for cheap attention? Yeah. Oh, definitely. So anybody who talks to me about this person, I definitely say outkicked my coverage. Yeah. And, and we've all been there. Yeah. So I always felt like, you know... Someday this girl's going to be like, well, that he's not that great anyway, and kick me the curb, and she did. But, like, anytime she would reach out to me, I'd just feel bad if I didn't respond. Because I knew her emotionally, and I, like, knew things about her, and, um, you know, basically, we had this, um, this kind of falling out because of the NFL draft, where I went to the draft by myself. And I went to make this joke, and to this day, I will defend this joke it is the cleveland browns were on the clock i took a picture on snapchat we were still snapchat as a friends at the time and i put on my story cleveland browns are on the cock classic hilarious joke i love it yeah probably the funniest thing anybody's ever said it's up there yeah was that in anchorman too it was actually which is upsetting because it came out before that draft so i really just straight up stole that joke well that's disappointing yeah Anyway, um, so I go to this draft completely alone, and at the time, I, I hadn't really met a lot of those Twitter people, and I remember seeing, like, some of the BGN guys from afar and, like, wanted to go say hi to them, and now, like, some of, these, some of those people I actually know and I'm friends with, like, a Brian Coulter, you know, yeah. who's a, you know, great person in the Twitter community we're friends with, and, you know, shouts to you, Brian, um, but anyway, so it was, like, for me, I, I, I kind of remember being still like kind of not in the group but like looking from afar but i was really alone at this event and as much as i loved football at the time and got it was so cool to see the eagles stuff and like see that like you know we were representing so well like we did the best nfl draft i already agreed it was such a good festival i remember watching colleen wolf do a little interview with a little girl um, doing the um, the high jump and then me being the next person that they were not filming. Um, and I'm like literally just waiting for the, like the, the interview to end so I can do the high jump and realize that my vertical wasn't as good at that day that it was probably some other day. Anyway, my vert's not bad. But I like watch, I stayed for like a few picks. I think like I remember Trubisky got picked. I wanted to stay for the Eagles pick, but it was the time I had the dog that was very anxious. Decided to go home. And I was getting, you know, texts from, I or at first I saw on Snapchat, the girl was heading in the NFL draft. She never had any interest in football. And then get a text that says, oh, we're at this bar, which was very close to the, where the draft was held. I was like, you should come out with us. And I said, ah, sorry, like, you know, I'm already in for the night. I was out for a bit. Um, but, you know, I'm back with the dog. You know, the dog's a little anxious. 
Right. She goes, well, you had time to make a, you know, send a dick pic, but you, this bullshit. My joke, apparently it was a dick pic now, which is very large logical leap. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. So I was just like pissed off. I was like, I, I, have, I told her finally, I was like, look, I went to the draft for a little bit by myself, decided I did not want to stay there by myself. So I left. I came back to my dog that I know is anxious to hang out with her. I don't owe you anything, and I don't know why I'm explaining this to you. So I stood my ground there. Yeah, that's a lot more fair than saying that typing the word cock on Snapchat is a dick pic. Yeah, that, that, I feel like the compromise that she made versus the compromise I made you know, were just two different realms completely. Honestly, what you said to her, it sounds like it's something that you should have said a long time before but you just were you know um either craving the contact or just you know not up to severing the relationship earlier or risking severing the relationship earlier yeah and there and there was i'll admit a degree of i really like this girl and i felt like the reason we ended wasn't because she didn't like me anymore she made it seem like it was for her job so i always wanted to keep the you know door open just in case but it started getting toxic and at this time i was like well fuck this I'm not responding to her anymore nice so she would text me every once in a while like hey or something and i i just stopped responding i was like i'm not dealing with this it was just a non-thing for me it didn't bother me and then she like hit me with a text that just hit me like really hard like it was more of like i miss you than than just like a hey or a hi and i was going to boston that weekend so we couldn't really meet up but she was still being kind of like mean to me about when she wanted to like meet up again and we met up and finally had like the closure in our relationship and um but she was like, yeah, I'm still not going to date you. So it was like kind of disappointing, but whatever. We moved on. Some other things happened, yada, yada, yada. But then there was a time where she kind of re-entered my life. And it kind of seems clear that she was re-entering my life with the intention of she was interested in, you know, maybe getting back together with me. So, um, you know, I fell for that trap. Uh, was stood up four times in one weekend. That's... That's twice as many days as there are in a weekend. I know. And it might have been five. I can't really remember. And that's really pathetic. It's two and a half as many times as... Yeah. But, like, basically just being told, like, oh, I'm going to be at this thing. Do you want to come? And be like, yeah, just let me know. And then not being told or, ooh, I'm on my way. And then them not showing up. Like, and me just being stupid enough to be like, hey, I just, I just really, really, really liked her. So, like, I know she's going through a lot because her parents were in town and, like, her mom was making her feel guilty, and then her aunt made her cry. Like, it was all this stuff, but it, eventually it was just all bullshit. And then I got this text, like, where she just didn't show up, and I just finally snapped, and I said, look, all weekend you've been stringing me along, and I was just like, I just don't appreciate how you don't respect my time. That's really all I, the text ended up being, was just like, that's really not fair to me. Like, I just really don't appreciate it. And, like, just, like, kind of finally just, like, you know, said all my stuff. And then she texted back, this is really unfair to me. Just that sentence. So, I ignored her. I was like, fuck this. Yeah. As you should have. Yes. Week later, finally meeting two of the most lovely people in my life ever, River and Nat, at the bar. One of my favorite ever, Adobe. Sitting there and I get a text as I'm conversing with one of my new friends and we're actually getting really excited about Spyro. And we're, oh, we're yeah. like, they're going to remaster it. It's so cool. Or we're like, I hope they do. And it's funny because I'm playing Spyro right now. So it's kind of like really full circle thing. You almost gave away a copy that you scammed from Amazon at the live podcast. Yeah. I got to figure out where that copy. Oh, I mailed that. Yeah. I sent that to a friend. Yeah. That was awesome. I can do that too. But I, yeah, I had an idea at the live episode that I was going to like auction it off or something. Um, anyway, so, you know, I'm talking to them and I get this text from her and I, it was just me going out. was just a spur of the moment thing. The text read, are you done being emotional now? She sounds like a fucking peach, dude. Yeah, dude. She's great. Uh, I can't wait to see what she's doing now that I'm single again. Uh, really get back into that one. 
No, she's from Pittsburgh. Fuck everybody from Pittsburgh now. I Too many bridges. Fucking, fucking city. So many fucking bridges. Yeah. So many people named Bridget. Fuck that. Um, but yeah, so uh, I was really pissed off and um, did not block her number that night. Sensing a pattern. Yeah. So life goes on some more. Keep getting contacted. Keep getting contacted. Keep getting contacted. And then one day I'm bursting out in tears at my work desk because she says, you know, I really been thinking about you and I know that I'm going to snap again. Like, not snap, like, angrily, but I'm going to, like, just start crying and be sad because I know she's toxic, but I want it. And I'm like... There's a Britney Spears song about that. Yeah, I know. We should listen to it sometime. We should probably just play the entire thing right now. Yeah, so the SoundCloud could effectively just mute our entire episode and they don't have to hear this story. Yep. That'd be a great idea. Good one, Bobby. Hey, Alexa. (laughs) I'm sitting next to an Alexa. That's a sight gag. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm, I'm not sure. She's not sure about that one, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway... I, so I didn't block her there. So she kept contacting me and then contacted me and then I'm sitting at work and I'm kind of shaking and I want to cry and I'm talking to somebody and they say, block her. And I'm like, I can't. And then I talk to somebody else and they say, block her. And I say, I can't. And they say, why? And I was like, I don't know, but I can't. And I'm getting more emotional about it and I'm getting more upset. And then I eventually do it. I take a deep breath. And I try to compose myself. I feel disgusted with what I just did. And anybody who was asking me why was it taking so long, I kept just saying, like, I, I don't block people. I don't just lock people out of my life. You know, what if they really need me? And I'm making all these excuses, but I just, just something about this person that I cared so much about and, you know, at one point thought was the love of my life putting down this wall like I never existed saying no more and that person on the other side who's fragile reached out and vulnerable they now see the walls up and it hits them back too so you just severed something that used to be so full of things that made you happy you abandoned that person. Whether you deserved it or not, you did. And I needed to do that for my mental health. And that was hard for me. Because I felt like a lot of people in my life had abandoned me. So I knew that was a girl who was in the city that she didn't know a lot of people. That relationship was short, but it meant a lot to me. And the moment I hit block, it was like it was all gone. So let's fast forward. I'm at work today. I'm crying. And people are giving me the same advice. And I know I need to do the same thing. All the circumstances are different. Every role is switched. Everything. I don't want to get into the details of that person's life or mine anymore. But it was so painful to do. And I felt so bad. And I kept thinking about the person on the other line. Who throws themselves out there. This person more excited this time. And what they get back is nothing. And as a person who feels abandonment and loneliness so much, I know that feeling so well. So when somebody you really care about and love does it to you, I can't imagine the pain. Because no one's ever blocked me like that. Because whenever I break up somebody, I just get the fuck away with it from them unless they stay in contact with me and then I stupidly keep going along but if somebody tells me they don't want me I go 
I don't think very highly of myself, so when somebody tells me to go, I make sure I go. But when somebody keeps coming back to you, and you just have to cut off that whole piece of your life, like it had never existed, or it was a painful experience, or you weren't the better person, or you were childish, or you're cowardice to do what you did. You did it for you, though. And it's always going to be hard for me, because I'm always going to care for those people, whether I should or not. I don't know why I am the way that I am, but something about hitting block really messes me up. So that was my little story. I'll let Bobby feel free to talk again as I grab some tissues. Oh, thank you. Glad uh, I get to jump in. Do you want to do some bits or? Yeah, let's do some bits. Let's talk about that whiny bitch. Should have done yes and. Yes and. Yes and some bits. No, so I do have a question about the way that you delivered that. Um you know less 10 minutes or so when you when you're talking about blocking someone's number so that they can't get in contact with you and you say you know you did it for selfish reasons like you abandoned them etc etc is that your do you feel that way about anyone doing that or is that the reason is that what you tell yourself you're doing and the reason why it is so difficult for you to take that step? I'd say it's more the latter. Um, I think it's rooted in some things of just, you know, like I had a lot of family life where I just really felt like no one cared and people just went, came and went when they decided it was their time for their things when I needed them. So talk about it now and I don't really ever want to be that I want to make sure that I'm there for people and I I feel selfish about my mental health all the time because of that and it's it's hard because I just want to be there for people and I I don't I, I don't want to feel like the monster that I built in my head that was People in my family that I, you know, wrongly or correctly, you know, built to be. But, like, I don't know. Abandonment for me is, it's not just people leaving. It's the people you push away, whether it's justified or not. And sometimes I sabotage things because it's, it's easier to do it when it's still just like, hey, we're having fun, then... When feelings are deeply involved, so yeah, like it, it's a lingering thing for me where I don't make that decision because I, I, I don't want it to be true. Right, and, and I can say right now in this episode, that block that I did this morning is not the same as the one that I did before. This block was legitimately for. My mental health of, I couldn't handle the contact. I don't necessarily feel like it's going to be as rough as the one before, but it still got to me because, you know, you kind of want to console the person that you just blocked, but the whole point of blocking is the communication stops. And you can't really send a nice message and be like, yeah, that was great. You're blocked now, though. So, see ya. Yeah. Like, they're just, like... You don't get any control after the block. And you probably don't deserve it, but it's just, like... You're just gone. And no matter what that person, you know, thinks or whatever, it's like, you're just gone. I don't like the idea of people just disappearing. Like, I don't like to live my life thinking... All these good memories that I created with somebody have to be put into a folder that I file away in my brain because, you know, 
it got to a point where my mental health couldn't handle it anymore. But I think a lot of people agreed in both situations. I should have blocked earlier and they felt that I was justified to block, but I had been encouraging you in this situation for weeks now. I know. And others had as well, but I'm explaining that to the list. I know. And, uh, but I'm saying back to you, saying to you as a friend right now, I heard you. And I wanted to make you happy, too. I wanted to do it for you, but there was just something. It's not, it's not like my heart's still beating like, oh my god, I love this person. I can't extinguish this flame. It's more just like, I broke a person's heart, and now I have to tell them, you don't even get to believe that I'm a person anymore. You know, like it's. I guess. It's like doing it again. <laughs> I mean, I I understand that you're coming into this sort of situation of severing contact um, with a lot of baggage about having contact severed and not being able to get in touch with people when you need them and things like that. Um, but, you know, I have to say that you're being unfair to yourself. And I think that you are also ascribing way too much importance. Like, when you when you block someone's number, I don't see any reason why that has some sort of seismic effect on your ability to remember, you know, the good times versus just breaking, like being broken up with someone. It's just, it's more of like a taint thing for me. Like, you know, it's like the baseball player that hit all the home runs and you find out they had steroids in their system or, you know, like... It, I'm pro steroids, so that's I a, am actually pro steroids, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying though. Yeah. It's just like it's the asterisk. You know, it's yeah. like it's just like it's more baggage ascribe it's more baggage that has to go along with the good memories, like another level of baggage. And so it brings them down well, in like a way that to you is maybe like too much to get over. Well think of it as the bookend of the memories that you have. So if you want to go into any portion of your life in that range that you were, you know, dating that person from first contact to blocked contact, think about it. Anything you think in that scenario, you know, it might be a happy memory. Like, oh, remember we went to that really good concert when you were dating that girl. And then when it has that bad ending, such as a block, for me at least, my brain can't separate the two we can't and it's not that i'm saying i can't remember a concert like an ex like i will get over this this is not to say like but there's just a thing in me that's just like sends this division through my body or just like this like just this i don't know how to explain it just ultimate sadness of you just lived a year of a life and in one second on your phone, you just painted a black line over it. And in the moment, that really hurts. And tomorrow it'll hurt less, and tomorrow it'll hurt less. That's what happens in a breakup. But for me, it's the block, it's the same thing. I will get over this block quicker than I get over a breakup. I know that much. I'm emotional right now because it's raw. I did it. And... I had trouble doing it and people couldn't understand why I couldn't do it. And I had to fight with my own friends, but yeah. So in the situation where, as I told, as I said, I was uh, encouraging Cody to take this step for a while. There was a particular incident two or three weeks ago when I was like, dude, you have to fucking block her. Like you cannot keep doing this. And you made it clear, like not explaining everything behind the feeling as you have now but just the way that you said i i can't i can't block her i can't do that just made it clear that this was like you you ascribed a 
lot of importance to this step in a way that I think most people do not. It just... And do you, and I, I do have a question as well. This was something that we discussed um, briefly recently. Do you think that the like complex that you have of like always wanting to help people and be like an advocate for mental health do you think that is like an added layer to this where you're like they can't reach me now to a degree but it's worse than that it's actually a little bit more selfish than that it's kind of goes back to what you pointed out me before with the hero complex it's more of like what do you picture, you know, as a perfect gentleman? You know, when you're in high school... Epic whiskey, beard, sleeve tattoos. Sure. Yeah, great. I didn't mean today. <laughs> I meant when you were going through high school, college, and you think to yourself, okay, I'm starting to become a man now. You get those dumb ideas that you, like, know what the fuck you're doing and figure your life yeah, out. Start wearing a Jeff cap, carrying a briefcase. Yeah. Like Jacob Wool. Yeah, like you do every single day, Bobby. Of course. Um, But you start saying this is what a man does this is you know the man is strong and can lift things he puts things he picks things up puts them down it's the he leaves a good tip yeah it's like the it's the fragile masculinity i I, it's still a part of me i know it i'm fragile in every other way why not masculinity i mean anyone anyone raised in our current society we not to society. not to plug the Joker, but anyone <laughs> anyone who, as we do, lives in a society, um, does have a certain amount of that ingrained because it's, you know, even down to our last names come from the patriarch, and we live in a. You can stop talking at any point, Bobby. I don't want to hear this. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you just talked about blocking someone for twenty five fucking minutes. <laughs> Tell me to stop talking. Jesus Christ. Unfucking believable, this guy. My my stuff was good though. Oh my god. He's talking. Jesus just... fucking Christ. <laughs> okay, you live in a society. You have fragile masculinity ingrained in you. Talk. Fuck you. Anyway, <laughs> back to me because I'm important. I fucking hate you. I do too. Anyway, <laughs> um, but basically it was became this thing of like also my mental health where it's also a challenge but like the ideal man would not block his ex the ideal man would emotionally stay strong and be like i don't fucking care or could say we can be friends or you know be cordial like it, it was more of a thing for me like if i can be the best version of myself then i can empathize sympathize but also you know overcome my own emotions and say hey i respect what you're feeling but you know i thought i could do all of those strong things that i I wanted to do in reality the answer always was the strong thing to do is just block them which everybody is telling me and i kept playing this stupid fucking like archetype i built in my head of just like you don't do that you don't want to be the bad guy and it was just so fucking stupid my great grandpappy felix did bounce my uh pop-up rob on his knee and say (laughs) real men don't block their exes on their cell phones you get what i mean though right i I do like it's just like it sounds it sounds to me like what you thought was i can be the grown-up yeah. If I can handle this, I can sort of they're they're like bullshit can bounce off me and I can reflect it in a mature way that will re- make them start acting mature. And in reality, that's just I mean, you can make them act more immature by being a dickhead, but being mature about it is not going to make them stop like fucking with you because they want attention or trying to like do anything they can to get you back. Yeah, but in my head, I was just like, you know, I should be able to be able to respond to a text just because like, I I basically was like, I ain't no bitch. I'll respond to my ex's text. Like I was doing that. Like, and you guys would be like, oh, like text me again. And you'd be like, don't text her back. Block her number. And I'd be like, every time I would respond. 
Yeah. L- literally. You sure would. I just said her name. I'm going to have to block that. You've had a great, <laughs> a great month of, great month of all that. So. It's been fun. It'll probably, it was really good, so it'll probably get bad now. Why would it get bad now? I'm going to get worse. I'm just garbage. Being sardonic. Sardonic? I don't understand these words. All right, Bobby. I don't want to talk about this anymore. It's making me sad. Let's go to our favorite activity. Talk with Bobby. Commercial break. Commercial break. (laughs) (laughs) Letting Bobby talk for five minutes. You just told me not to talk for five minutes. Well, at that moment. Now that the show, like, people probably have zoned out and don't care anymore, you can go ahead. Fair enough. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> I don't know. A lot's going on. The impeachment shit started. I feel like there was a bunch of shit that I wanted to talk about last week and we couldn't do it. We couldn't do it because I, I, my brain was fried. I know. I'm just trying to remember what the things were. There is an impeachment. Antonio Brown's a piece of shit. Yeah. He can go die. I don't know. The... I'm not a. The, I'm the, not pre- a, the president fucked himself. I don't know what the hell. I'm not on. a political analyst, but yeah. from just the standpoint of like being alive and very aware of what's going on in the news, it's like it's a really weird time because we've we've wanted him to be impeached. Since, yeah, you know, November 9th, twenty sixteen. Yeah, but the him being impeached, he's not. They're not going to get him out of office because the Republicans have control of the Senate. And so they're never going to convict him, which is what would need to be done to get him out, you know, against his will. So we just kind of have to hope that this futile gesture, like, somehow psychically does us some good. This futile gesture done in defense of, like, a horrible establishment dipshit like Joe Biden... And not because of any of the other thousands. It'd be more futile in a vacuum. Like, it's not, you know, it's, nothing's going to come directly from it, but well, the indirect ripple effects. Is right. What you're but I'm also saying that the reason that they started doing it was because Joe Biden would be in trouble and not because of any of the other, like, obstruction of justice and thousands of other crimes. So, like, even the motive behind it is yeah. impure. So you just have to hope that, like, shit comes out and it just makes you feel better somehow it's not going to and i don't like (laughs) politics on any level and now i have to talk about it all the time because like literally i think you're just required by the state like they don't give you a license unless you can just yell at somebody for about it i mean you can't you can't be on twitter yeah you certainly can't without having a very strong opinion about nothing that matters um but i'm not saying politics doesn't matter but i'm just saying like People on Twitter are also mad that if we traded for Jalen Ramsey, the idea that we would give him number 20 when Brian Dawkins had it, we retired it, and I'm like, who the fuck cares? Yeah, very true. Like, it doesn't matter. Politics does matter. But the thing about Trump is I don't think he'll, he will get impeached either, but this has been the weirdest time well, he's of been... my life ever. I Anything could happen. I think he's just going to shit his pants on the toilet and die. Could happen. Um, And the... Another angle that I was going to come at that from, just like the futility of all of that bullshit. And as I said, if you're engaged on Twitter, you have to be aware of political stuff like this, like to a certain level. I was thinking earlier today, like, would it be worth it to just not be on Twitter and just like get jokes a week and a half later and be on Instagram so that you can just kind of avoid it? I, th- I think about that like every day. But then there's I'm, I'm always a, something. It's always something that keeps me from deleting my Twitter the second time. Like I don't know. It's just like the thing really, that keeps me from deleting really hard mine for is me. an addiction. It's really hard for me to cut off all those connections and like delete my Twitter and it's like blocking everybody. Um, Some people like go off Twitter that I'm not like really good friends with, but interact with a lot. Like more people from like years ago. I'm thinking, and I'm just like. I wonder what the fuck happened to that person. Yeah. Like, How we used to be, like, time? we used to, like, like each other and, like, talk to each other, you know, like, once a day. I just assume they're about all some dead. bullshit. Like, what? I hope they're doing good. <laughs> just assume they're all dead. That could be true. True Balls is dead. Well, now we're talking plugs. Talking plugs, baby. Cody, what do you got to plug? Uh, my asshole. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm twitching more. Uh, twitch.com. TV slash code ran. 
You were um, playing Grand Theft Auto V last night uh, when I was watching. It, it was fun. Gotta correct you, it's V. Uh, Grand Theft Auto V. Grand yeah. Theft Auto V for Vendetta. Yes. Uh, you blow up a church, or you blow up a building for not being Catholic enough, and libertarians pretend that you're cool. I don't think any of that happens in the game, but I haven't gotten that far yet, so I'll get back to you on that. Um, otherwise, I don't know. I don't, know. I don't think I'm doing shit right now. I think I'm just doing the Twitch. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna maybe work out more. I don't know if that's really plugging. I just like if you're like a woman that's like semi interested in me, I'm trying to get better. It's plugging away. Yeah, that maybe that's like half shooting a shot. Like if you're iffy on me, <laughs> I'm gonna be better in like a month or two. So let's revisit this. I don't know. <laughs> Cody <laughs> plugging his dick. Well, that's not really what I meant. I wouldn't put it that way. <laughs> I just did. Yeah. Well. That's how All right, it. and now it's my turn to plug. Great. Uh, I had an article come out today on the fifth quarter about what Sixers fans can reasonably expect from Ben Simmons this season. Three-pointers uh, all day, right? Um, Probably not. Great. <laughs> uh, I haven't read the article yet. I had a post on Classes Boring last week um, making fun of you know comedians who cry about cancel culture when they do some bullshit. Yes. And... I think that's it for me too. Watch Cody's on, watch Cody on Twitch. I'm usually in the chat, so sometimes he's come in the join. background too <laughs> during that modern warfare one that that's was choppy as hell. But but come join me in the chat so that I'm not just talking to Cody. But yeah, <laughs> not it's just not just one dude antagonizing me the entire time. Have him antagonize you a little bit. I don't know. All right, well, thanks for listening, to Neurotica. You can always follow us at Neurotica the Pod on Twitter, and you. As always, if you ever have a reason that you need to talk to someone, you can DM us. We will be... Unless uh, Cody blocked you. Yeah, unless I blocked you. But you can DM the, the account for Neurotica or any one of us personally if you're having a mental health issue. Tony probably won't have that as much insight as he proved on the first episode. Bobby will probably defer to me. So you'll probably be talking to me, but if you need someone to talk to, our DMs are always open. Those are the three people that will have access to it. So We're listening. We are listening. So thanks for listening, Neurotica. We are listening as well. Have a good one. What's up, you pigeons? I'm AJ. I'm Ryan. I'm Fitz. And we're the Pigeon Coop. We're a hockey podcast. But we're not just about hockey. We help hockey fans navigate hockey culture. We find the best arena foods. And other food. And we also dig into the most fascinating hockey fanfics your ears can handle. It's the most fun you'll have with hockey outside of actually watching a game. It's the Pigeon Coop. Give it a listen. The Pigeon Coop. The Pigeon Coop.